Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, you are addicted to Dynasty. I am too. My name is Justin Christopher and I'm Dynasty Freak, which means I love drafting and trading and scouting and managing all my teams 365 days a year. So do you. So let's talk some Dynasty on episode number 228. We are doing the opposite of what we did last week. Last week we talked about my guys, players that I'm higher on than the pros at Dynasty League Football. This week we're going to talk about players that are not my guys. You might call them players that I'm going to try to avoid. So one of the things that I do at this time of the year, right before the NFL draft, is I try to update all of my rookie rankings. I kind of do this a couple times a year. One, I update them right before the combine, make a lot of adjustments after the combine, then I make adjustments as I spend that next month just kind of listening to scouts and doing more research and grinding the mock drafts and seeing where players are actually going to go because that affects their draft. Their draft capital is going to affect their dynasty value a lot. And then I like to kind of finalize my uh, dynasty rankings, my rookie rankings, right before the NFL draft. And then I compare them to a website like Dynasty League Football so I can see which players I'm apparently really higher on than they are or which ones I'm lower on. I don't do a lot of comparison at all during the year. I'll take weeks at a time not to look at anyone else's rankings and then I'll do my own just to see what you know what what they say compared to mine. And so this week's podcast, we're going to talk about players that I am actually quite a bit lower on than others are. I try to do that basically ones that I'm at least six spots lower on than, than Dynasty League football so that, that you could say that's like a entire half round difference from where they would suggest drafting someone to where I would suggest drafting someone. And so to be a downer here before the NFL draft that happens in two days, here's the players. As of now, things could change after the draft, but you'll hear me talk about that some. These are 10 players that I'm lower on than the pros are at DLF in these super flex rankings. Mind you, these are super flex rankings. First player I'm a lot lower on is going to be Anthony Richardson. Uh, DLF has him ranked number four in Superflex. I have him ranked number 11. Uh, Richardson, you know, tested as the most athletic quarterback in, at the Combine and ever in history, you know, so we know that's the case to be with him. Um, and he's, you know, you know, going to be de- drafted, no, no doubt, in the top 10 in the NFL draft, if not likely the top four. But still, uh, even that, I'm just not willing to draft Richardson ahead of players that I feel like I'm absolutely sure are going to be productive NFL players. My top 10 rookies, I feel like are foolproof players, that they're going to be great in the NFL no matter what happens. I don't have any doubt. But Richardson is the first player in my rankings in Superflex where I have a doubt here at number 11. But DLF doesn't have that same doubt because they've got him ranked number four. It's his 54% completion rate, his 12 college starts that have him just a very, very suspect prospect. And I choose to focus on the downside of players often more than the upside. Many, if not most, honesty managers, they're going to focus on the upside, but I'm just not willing to waste a very, very early first-round pick like they're suggesting at number four on a player you know, whose upside is just based on traits alone. It's not really based on the tape, and so I just don't believe it with, with Anthony Richardson. I'm willing to take a risk as late as 11, but not as early as four, that's for sure. Next is Will Levis, talking about quarterbacks here in the Superflex rankings. DLF has him ranked number eight. I have him ranked number 16. Mel Kuyper, you know, he loves Levis, and he, like Richardson, it will get drafted in the top 10, if not the top four. But still, 
uh, several of the scouts that I've listened to and read over the last couple of months um, really seem to see a lot of flaws in his game and have even some of them have six to seven more quarterbacks ranked ahead of him in their rankings. And so hearing that from many of the scouts has really caused me to question uh, how safe of a prospect he is. Quarterbacks bust all the time in this league. You have seen it. We have bust all the time. And so I think that he's someone that could as well. I think if everything goes right for him, him meaning Richardson, he's got far more upside. So I'd definitely be willing to draft him in the first round just to take a chance uh, past the 10 players that I'm very confident in. Levitz, though, does not have Richardson's upside, so I think I might have to wait until the mid-second round before I'd be willing to draft him even super flex leagues. I hope Richardson and Levitz, you know, I hope, you know, for the sake of my sake, since I don't believe in them as much as most, I hope that they get bumped into the first round of many drafts like this in super flex leagues so that I'm going to capitalize on collecting at a lot of the players that I'm more sure about. That's for sure. Next one's going to be controversial, but uh, Zach Charbonneau, um, DLF has him ranked number 11. I have him ranked number 16 or 17, so a six-spot difference there. If you listen to my podcast last week, you know that I had Sean Tucker, Israel Abanacanda ranked ahead of Charbonnet. And if you, you know, check that out, you know that's because uh, I just really believe in those guys and um, have them ranked, you know, a lot higher than the, the pros at DLF do. Now, I want to take a pause here just to say that I fully recognize, and I've even said it in these podcasts already this season, that Charbonnet is the odds-on winning, you know, third third running back to get drafted this year. I believe that. I really think he probably will be the third running back drafted. Uh, however, if Tucker and Abanacanda are drafted in the same round or just a round later or somewhere close in their draft capital, I think I'm going to still have these lumped very closely like I do right now. I have them lumped very closely, but I still think I could favor them ahead of Charbonnet if they're drafted close. That's unless you know any of them are severely blocked by a veteran back. The thing is this, I, just, I like Charbonnet. Um, I think he might be the most complete back in the league, meaning that he's got everything with the you know size, the speed, the, the pass-catching ability, everything you know, all together, that he should probably be the top guy in this tier of the second round. But there was nothing that made me watch his film and just go, wow. Like Tucker and Abanacanda made me go, wow. And Charbonnet just looked good at everything, but nothing looked wow to me. And so this draft's going to determine a lot for me. Like I said, you know, this whole second tier of this running back class is pretty muddy. But right now, I have Charbonnet in that same tier, but ranked below a few guys that DLF has ranked ahead of him. And so that's kind of where it is right now. I know a lot of uh, draft analysts right now have Charbonnet as the as a second tier by himself and everyone else after him. I don't. I have him in the same same second tier with some of the guys that I like just a little bit more right now before the NFL draft takes place. Next running back, though, is very different. Uh, Devin A-Chain, DLF has him ranked 13th. I have him ranked 35th, so 22 points difference right there. I expect I expected that I would be way lower on A-Chain than other Dynasty analysts, so I kind of knew this was going to happen when I went to DLF to see how they got guys ranked, but I didn't know it would be by this enormous degree. Uh, the bottom line to me is A-Chain's just too small to play running back in the NFL. Uh, he'll be limited to like 10 or 12 touch roll no matter which team he signs with. Speed is a trait that I value least among the running backs. And he does have breakout speed, no doubt. But it's just rarely displayed in the NFL. If you're going to get to the place where you can break out and use your speed, you've got to get past the front seven to show your speed. And I don't think that A-Chain can get past the front seven on an NFL level. Uh, His yards per carry decreased every season at Texas A&M because the more that they tried to give him the ball, the less he could do. 
And he, I think he's just suited for a great NFL role to help an NFL team, but not a valuable role for a dynasty roster. Unless maybe you play in a best ball league, in which case he might have a little bit more value, but I'm not talking about best ball leagues on this podcast. Next player is Zach Evans. Uh, DLF has him ranked number 18, but I have him ranked 34, so pretty big uh, difference there of 16 spots. I've just had a hard time ranking Evans higher uh, than, than others have because he never dominated a backfield in college. Even though he was a top recruit in the nation, one of the top recruits in the nation, he never earned a lead role at TCU or Old Miss, resulting in a pretty lousy production pro- profile. Even if he gets drafted by an NFL you know, team you know, without a proven veteran running back ahead of him, I'm going to have a hard time believing that he can win that job outright because he hasn't been able to do it at the college level. I do not think that he's going to get drafted you know, until day three and will get drafted by you know, that kind of big tier of second-tier running backs that I talked about earlier. If I'm wrong, you know, when he's drafted ahead of some of those running backs that I have ranked ahead of him, I still don't think I'm going to move him too far up in my dynasty rankings. You know, early third round is about the earliest that I would consider drafting him. And even then, you know, that's that's higher than the, the guys, you know, DLF still has him in the second round. No way that I'm drafting him in the second round. He's just not been productive enough in college for me to believe that he could do so. Next is Kendra Miller. Uh, DLF has him ranked 19th and I have him ranked 31st. I have Miller ranked a little bit closer than the pros at DLF do than I did with Evans that I just mentioned, but there's still a pretty good gap of 12 spots. Uh, unlike Evans, however, I'd be willing to change my mind on Miller if his draft capital is better than I expect. Miller at least had one incredible season at TCU with 1,515 total yards, 17 touchdowns, barely less than Evans had in his entire career, by the way. Uh, plus, he has more than 10 pounds of weight on Evans as a more versatile back overall. And so he's one, you know, that was recruited as an athlete rather than a running back, which is something I also kind of dean prospects for a little bit. Uh, but I may need to reconsider that with Miller because the next guy on the list was also uh, not really drafted as a running back, but someone that I really want to reconsider totally. Kendrick Miller, draft capital could change a lot for me. Right now I have him ranked 19, um, or at 31st rather, where DLF has him ranked as 19. I no way I'd get him into the second round, but I could move him up pretty close to the start of the third round if he gets drafted by a team that I like. Next player is Roshan Johnson, my Texas Longhorn, Hook'em Horns. Last week I talked about how, in, oh, I forgot to mention, DLF has him ranked number 26, and I have him ranked 37, so 11 spot difference. So last week, if you listen to the podcast, I talked about reconsidering my ranking of Muhammad Ibrahim um, uh, and lowering him after doing this exercise compared to the rankings I had. Well, Johnson's my mulligan this week. I think that I should have had Johnson ranked higher. For the sake of this exercise, I'm still going to talk about him here, but it's unfair, uh, you know, it's just unfair to look at Johnson's production profile, given that he played behind B. John Robinson. We all know that, like he played behind him, so what's his production profile going to look like? Uh, Still, I think that I knocked him a little bit too much for this. And like Miller, uh, he was recruited to be an athlete rather than a running back, so that's something that I generally knock people for. But I started thinking about this more, and last week I you know, talked about how I moved some bigger wide receivers up in my rankings just because I'm convinced that some NFL teams just want a bigger wide receiver, and they're going to draft one, and there's not many big wide receivers in this class. Well, the same is true for running backs, and Johnson is one of the bigger, well-rounded backs in this class at 219 pounds. Johnson's you know, going to get drafted earlier than I think I thought, and so I need to move him up my rankings, yeah, and I will. Uh, he's proven to be a valuable and trustworthy backup in college. And I think he's, he's going to be uh, drafted to do the same thing in the NFL. He's going to get drafted by a team that, you know, wants a, a, a great backup. 
And if he doesn't have a dominant RB1 in front of him, I think I'll move him up even more there where I should have actually had him ranked before doing this exercise. He's one I've missed on, but I had to be honest. I've got him at 37th. I should move him much closer to 26th where DLF has him. His draft capital could mean a big difference if RB1 is kind of shaky in front of him. Three more to mention here. Uh, Nexus, Luke Musgrave, DLF has him ranked number 30. I have him ranked 38th, so quite a big difference there, eight spots. Uh, there's no massive difference, you know, in our ranking, I guess I should say, rather. Eight spots isn't that big. But the difference between a third-round pick and a fourth-round pick feels kind of different to me. And so I just looked at it again and, and went back and looked up Musgrave's tape and watched, you know, looked up his stats. And Musgrave's, uh, you know, college production, uh, though limited because of injuries, it's not enough to cause me to rank him any higher than I have right now. I don't think anything can change that. I can't draft a tight end who's only scored two touchdowns in college in the third round of a rookie draft, no matter what his draft capital is, no matter what team he lands on. And they've got him right now as a third-round draft pick. I just I just can't do that. In fact, after you know, kind of processing this, just like I said, I process this and feel like I should move Roshan Johnson up in my rankings. Musgrave, I feel like I should actually move down, and this gap should be even bigger than the eight spots that it is right now. Next player is Tyler Scott. Uh, DLF has him ranked number 34, where I have him ranked number 40. So a good six spots different there, just like a half round like I've been talking about. And here's the thing. I, like, I rightfully moved Scott up in my draft board after his fantastic performance at the Combine, but I couldn't move him up into the third round like DLF has him right now. Scott's production profile at Cincinnati keeps me from doing so. He just didn't do enough. He did, oh, you know, the thing you can point to is he averaged 16 yards per reception over the last two seasons, proving that he can be a big play guy, like a downfield target in the NFL. And he's likely going to get drafted to play a specific role like that in the NFL. But I don't think that he can develop into a receiver that's more than a big pay, big play threat. And so he'll help an NFL team, but he won't really help a dynasty roster, except in best ball leagues. The only thing that I could change my mind about him is if he was drafted on day two instead of day three. But I'd be really shocked if that was to happen with him, Tyler Scott out of Cincinnati. And then finally, running back Eric Gray. DLS has him ranked 37, but I have him ranked 53. I was actually stunned to see that the pros at DLF ranked Gray as almost a third-round pick, almost a third-round pick at 37, so first pick of the, of the fourth round. Um, when I barely have him draftable in, in the fifth round, uh, you should read my, you know, talk, read my articles or hear my podcasts. If you do listen to those, you know that I'd really value recruiting status into my rankings, particularly when it comes to tie-breaking, you know, between players. And I would give a player a bump in my rankings if they were highly recruited, like I already talked about with some of these players already. But as Gray was, he was, you know, highly recruited, um, except he didn't have like one breakout year. I'm way more willing to kind of give someone a benefit of the doubt if they were a super high recruit and at least proved it once. You know, take Keishon Booty and Tank Bigsby. You know, both were super high recruits, but they um, had at least one year, even though they kind of fell off the map after that first year when you thought that they were going to be great. Whereas take Zach Evans, who I talked about, now Eric Gray, who I've not talked about till now, um, they were both really high ranked, but they've yet to really prove it in any, in any way at the college level. And so you can be a great recruit, and I'll bump you up my rankings a little bit, but I'm going to keep you up in my rankings if you've at least had one year of doing it. And both Zach Evans and Eric Gray have not done it. Perhaps the pros at Dynasty League Football have kept their recruiting profile in mind more than I have because they were both on my avoid list and ranked much lower than uh, than I have uh, than I would rank them right now. All right, so there's some guys that I would like to avoid 
Everything could change here when the draft comes up. We've got a draft here starting this week. Can't wait. This is one of those fun weeks of all. And then we're starting our rookie drafts, which is going to be a blast. Stay a dynasty freak. Stay involved. Be freaky. I'd be honored if you take time to rate and review the podcast. That would mean a lot to me. I'd also like to reach out to you, or have you reach out to me, rather, at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com, dynastyfreaks with two E's. And freaks, I'm much better on email than I am on Twitter. We'd love to contact you, stay in touch with you on your during your rookie drafts. That would be a blast. I do appreciate listening. I do want to become your most trusted voice and in in independent voice in the dynasty landscape. Until next time, you know what to do. The NFL draft is here, so it's time to get really freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin. Justin.